He made me shoot him. He kept saying I wasn't real. It was almost as if he were a different person. You're right. He sometimes can become a different person. You're awake. What am I doing here? You don't remember. Dark Army turned on us. I think I'm next. Stage two has never called off. It was him. Five nine. F society. I am the architect. Still have plenty of work to do. I can stop this. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look at All Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Mr. Robot Season 3 Wrap-Up Review. You should have watched and seen all of Mr. Robot by now. And we're going to do a quick little summation wrap-up. It is the night of the... uh, What is it called? Uh... Return of Season 4. Sorry, mine's a little boggled right now. Just trying to finish all of the rest of Season 3. Kind of cramming it in last second. So, um, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk full-on spoilers as well for all of Season 3. Um, and maybe a little bit in of Season 2 and Season 1 just... Uh, you know, touching base on some of those as well. Um, but overall, season three as a whole is much better, and it's much more a return to form um, as as a complete narrative. I think it is. Um, it's you know like a delicious meal that works on every level, and you are completely satisfied by the very end. Although I will say the undoing of the hack is a little bit questionable um given the circumstances of what we just we just witnessed what was you know the real reason to do all this what was the real end game um so i i you know i'd like to say the overall you know uh, structure of season three is much more um better paced uh, you know from the beginning we are um, laying out the foundations of you know where Tyrell has been, the new introduction of the the Bobby kind of valid character. Um, we also are finding out much more behind the scenes of the White Rose character. Um, what was it? Let me see. Uh, we we see more of what happened on the night of. Uh, you know, the 5-9 hack, and we see how um, uh, Irving, Bobby Cannavale's character, is involved in um, the 5-9 hack that night. Although there is some questionable time of what Mr. Robot was doing in between, you know, uh, when he was told to do certain things. But we do find out that you know, between the couple days or the couple hours that they had between talking to Irving and Tyrell, Mr. Robot went and uh, made a duplicate copy of all of the most important key facts that they needed to have to reverse the hack. And so, it does, you know, 
raise a couple flags like whoa 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 you, you just want to all of a sudden like undo everything and you know do all this is for nothing and so you know what, what was this all for um so that obviously is a big question in my mind um i thought the pacing in season um two is much more um on on cue and they have better music cues and it just overall is a, a better experience and it doesn't seem to um i'd say drag its feet playing chess um i i mean <laughs> they uh even kind of address it in a fourth wall breaking thing you know uh, narrative way saying, you know, oh, we're not doing some bullshit chess match again. And uh, <clears throat> I think it's a little bit of Sam Esmo being uh, uh, critiquing himself. Um, we do get one of the most impressive technical features on this season, and that is the, the, the all-in-one take. Um, or I believe it's like maybe three takes or something like that um, total, but it's very impressive. It is the episode number five, EPS 3.4 runtime. And is this the E Corp is in chaos and Elliot is on the run. Darlene tries to, uh, to intervene. And so um, that was one of the m most well technically um executed episodes from the season and i there's tons of behind the scenes footage or not footage but um commentary about what they had to go through something like the cameraman was passing out after how many takes they had to do because you know it's so difficult to get everything perfect and uh lined up correctly so um Let's see anything else. Oh, from the the big plot lines that we find out this, um, you know, um, Tyrell is finally it's Tyrell is reset back to the position that he wanted to to be originally. However, he doesn't have his family to enjoy it with him. Um, in addition. Sorry, I didn't see the record button on. Um, so, uh, yeah, Tyrell is reset back to his original position, and um, he does not have his son, and his wife has been murdered by her um, lover. Lover's quarrel, apparently, is what they, what they go by, or what they say it is. Um, what else? We have... Robot and Elliot resetting the status quo, resetting basically the the five nine hack, to as if it never happened. Which, I mean, one of the prostitutes that Darlene was talking to at the very end was kind of uh, against having the the hack undone or re you know brought back, bring back all the debt, bring back all of the things that uh, were erased. Which there's so many questions and so many logistical problems that sound like they they want to address there, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that all in <clears throat> the the couple days that this is going to be taking place. I heard that season four only takes place over a couple of hours, sorry, a couple of days. Um, so what do we have? Uh, basically, the entire gang, you know, is. 
saved at the very end at the uh, barn where everything's taking place. Um, I really do feel like the world has expanded in this um, season three universe. Whether we're going out and visiting the barn um, lo location with everyone, uh, it's where Tyrell was held and uh, he was chopping wood, which ends up that goes through Santiago's chest. Um, and also we lost uh, Frederick and Tanya, uh, Mobley and Trenton. And so they were excellent to come back for that. It's a brief episode. Sorry, it's a brief episode. It, it's a it's almost like a cameo. It's not exactly a brief episode. What I'm saying is that they're back for a brief time. Sorry, I'm starting to get tired. I'm like vocal. Um, yeah, so um, they come back for an excellent episode. And I remember the first time watching it, I was so thrown off. I was like, oh my gosh, please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. You know, and then we walk in, we find out, oh shit, it was two separate timelines. And I remember watching it at the same at that time. And I was like, you know, it's awfully dark or it almost looks like a different time that they're um, busting in the house. But what my guess was when it was first happening was that Instead of it being, uh, you know, later in the evening or a different day that they were busting in, that the SWAT team was, I thought it, that they were busting in the wrong house or, you know, it was wrong location, kind of like Dark Knight style, switching the locations. But it ended up being the right house. It was just the wrong time. It was just too late. So, um, unfortunately, um, we lost Mobley and Trenton. And that episode provided, you know, uh, a wide range of emotions. I, I remember watching it actually today. Uh, today. Um, they, you know, are you know having to dig their grave at some point, and then other points they're, you know, kind of like talking about having to be on J dates, and uh, you know they shouldn't be here. And uh, and then the next episode we have the uh, Trenton's. Uh, um, what's it called? Her brother and Elliot have a, a really moving mo um, moment at the very end of that episode. But overall, that's a, a it's a fun episode and much more of a character study in between uh, these two characters and kind of bouncing off each other. And uh, the the kid in it is the same kid from the center, and I I don't remember him being that funny. But my goodness, I was I was cracking up the first, the the most recent time uh this afternoon when i was watching it um let me see if i can find that kid's name um the episode is called eps 3.7 don't delete and it's a synopsis elliot tries to get ghosted it is day of all days that's kind of a weird synopsis um and the kid's name is Elisha Heenig as Muhammad, and uh, yeah, we find out that Muhammad was playing him the whole day. You know, he had he had the keys to his house, and he was just kind of following them around. And the majority of the time, we don't even we we kind of question even if Muhammad is real at some points. I mean, they go to the movies, they're at the beach. There's just so many times that the kid just kind of just pops out of nowhere and then leaves the screen that you don't even know if he's. Um, <laughs> actually a real character and not. So by the end, I believe you, you figured out that he is. And uh, Elliot has this really moving moment, like I said, with him when he gets the lollipop from him. And uh, it's um, 
it, it, you know, Elia is, you know, thinking about uh, taking his life that entire day and, you know, him spending the day with that kid, you know, changed his perspective. And, you know, I thought it was quite moving, honestly. The first time I watched it, I remember it being somewhat dry, but rewatching it, I was like, this is real powerful. Um, and also we get that uh, uh, amazing scene with a uh, hard candy Andy or whatever the hell that guy's name was. It was the drug dealer that sold him the morphine. I, uh, I, I don't know why that, that, that entire scene is just suspenseful. The, the atmosphere just is, is totally, um, uh, atmospheric. I don't know what the hell the word would be. It, the atmosphere in it is just suspenseful. But it, it, it definitely evokes that Tarantino vibe with the, you know, the opening the case in this high angle kind of, you know, looking at the characters and the way they kind of uh, linger on the drugs and kind of have these different colors. And it, it just makes it look like an experience. And then it changes on a dime so quickly when uh, Andy Hard, is it Hard Andy or I don't remember what the hell, um, is, um, <laughs> you know, telling... Uh, Elliot to strip and there's only you know a couple reasons why you'd want this much drugs and you know one reason is you want my block you know another reason is you're a narc or the third reason is you have a death wish or something like that and so it's like that's a um interesting way of articulating basically um what Elliot is planning to do so uh let's see what else do we have um, we found out Angela basically goes crazy by the end of this, uh, season. I find her the least relatable character, unfortunately. Um, ever since she has that conversation with White Rose, she just sounds, she sounds insane. And she's just kind of two-faced in a way that she's only benefiting the story for Mr. Ro- the character of Mr. Robot. And, um, you know, up until... The explosion, the 71 buildings that explode that were owned by E Corp. Um, she's, you know, kind of conniving and she's kind of going in between, um, you know, being friends with Elliot and also kind of going behind his back. And it kind of, you know, it, it does suck. Um, and then the way she kind of spirals out of control, trying to show, you know, rewinding and, you know, fast forwarding and rewinding and playing again, kind of how, you know, bringing people back if you rewind, you know, time or rewind, a, you know, a news message and showing a building, um, you know, destroy and then rewind and bring it back. And it, it does not make any sense in, in my opinion. And um, I've... There's, there's so much imagery that evokes time travel, such as, you know, like, I mean, they go to see Back to the Future, apparently one and two, or they went straight to two or something. But, um, yeah, I was just like, um, this definitely evokes, you know, time travel all over the screen. I just don't know if that's where we're, where we're headed with this show. Why do all of this just to show that they can do time travel? And can they really bring their folks back like i don't i want to know what white rose showed uh angela and so at the very end we have um darlene um gets told off by dom i completely forgot that they had gotten you know they they got down together and um darlene was trying to go through um 
Dom's stuff I, to, to get uh, access to, I don't know, the FBI stuff, I, th- I think, because the FBI was owned by the Dark Army. And so they needed, you know, access. She ends up getting caught, and that's how she gets entangled with um, um, the FBI and then eventually taken by Santiago and all the way to the barn and yada, yada, yada. And we know what happens. Leon takes out everybody there, and um, Santiago's by um, <laughs> Irving. So that's essentially what happens, and Elliot says that he can help uh, move the Washington Township stuff to the Congo or something like that. And so this is the what White Rose uh has wanted the entire time. We still don't know 100% why at the very beginning of the season there is um you know the, what looks like a massive flux capacitor which would you know is in back to the future is the uh, uh something that you can use to you know go through time. So you know, time travel, so I I don't know if that's what that's going to be or not, but it does seem something like that is being evoked there. Um, anything else we need to cover? The relationship with Mr. Robot and Elliot is still ever-evolving. I love the, the Krista stuff in this season. It really gets spicy when we get Mr. Robot talking to her. Um, what else do we have? Anything else? Um, Irving is... I have no idea if he's going to be in the fourth season. I'm trying to not watch too many of the uh, uh, trailers for it. And I hear that the first episode is going to be a spicy one as well. So um, keep um, you know our eyes and ears out for that. Um, I'll definitely want to talk about that fourth season opener um, tomorrow once it's... Um, Settled and whatnot, because we got a double whammy tonight with Mr. Robot and Succession. Um, anything else? I know that we had Elliot 2.0 and this young Elliot taking place. It was Alex Bento, this new actor who takes play takes um, uh, Aiden something or another. It was the original young Elliot. Not too. F- it, I don't. It's not the. It's not the new Elliot's problem, and it's not his fault. It's just the it's jarring seeing two different young actors play a young Elliot. So it's kind of hard to tell how old the kid actually is. I'm thinking that the original young actor that played Elliot got way too old, and now just probably hit a growth spurt and doesn't look like the same. It doesn't look the same anymore. So I'm very curious to see what direction we're going to take in the fourth season if we're not going to have too much of his young self and his young and his family i would like to know a little bit more about his mother i feel like we're still very much in the dark on that um we do find out like i said from darlene confirms that elliot jumped out of the window the day of the kevin McAllister um snow snowman um thing happening or something whatnot um she said that you know her, her he he had the bat he broke the window and you know everyone was pleading him not to and he jumped or something like that and i i i, I don't know if we're going to get that replayed or not that's kind of up to the director and if they can get the young actors again the thing about the young actors is you know the, <laughs> you should have shot it like in the first season if we're going to have all these young actors doing the flashbacks so it's a little difficult in some some scenarios to try to recreate, uh, you know, young Elliot, especially because like a third of it is shot. So, I don't know. 
I will say that the more I think about it, you know, the uh, when I think it was the second or third episode of the first season, he jumps off of the pier. And everyone, you know, uh, it, it, we think it's Mr. Robot that pushed him off. But then in the final episode, we find out that it was actually Elliot that had, you know, jumped off all along. And so that's kind of a correlation to saying that maybe he jumped off the, the window, you know, and maybe he was an unreliable narrator the entire time. It wasn't his father because he blamed his father at the pier. And so he blamed his father again when he jumped off or probably when he jumped out of the window. So it's um it is starting to kind of correlate for me. I'm still wondering about Darlene and you know the, his, his mom. I'm still got many questions about them. Um anything else? Uh the Angela and uh, Philip Price I am your father speech um it definitely did, it, it was fun rewatching it but it didn't hit as hard for me personally um i guess knowing that philip price is uh angela's father throughout all first second and third seasons are you know it does change perspective because i mean at some points we're wondering if he's like hitting on her or something like that but um i mean it just kind of recontextualizes what's going on and you know his his uh, relationship towards her and we can see what's uh, maybe a little bit more behind the mask um we do find out that her father had agreed to take care of her and that uh or philip claims that he had um been with angela's mother and um you know that's that's basically how that went. she didn't want a monster to take care of angela so um, that's what they, they said on, or that's what Philip is relaying saying. So, um, wh where do we go with the Angela character? I'm, I'm really not sure. Um, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that fourth season is going to recontextualize this character. So it brings her more into a light that's more relatable. Um, I hope we keep up the same pacing that we did in season three. Something about the season three pacing just was like I'm you know so much plot but also a lot of character development and it was extremely stylish at the same time I mean so technically well done and amazingly acted and uh just the the the, the mystery box is just ever glowing and always presenting new ideas and also starting to you know fill in some holes for us I think that season 2 had a problem of um not giving us an idea if we were in the present or if, you know, what we were watching really mattered. If, you know, if Elia is hallucinating him himself, like, you know, chugging concrete by you know, FBI, uh, you know, individuals or whoever the fuck, um, people in black hats, and that's not really happening, then what is the point really watching that? How many times can we watch him, you know, throw over a fake facade on us? So, that's 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 one thing that um, season two had kind of bucked up on, and I felt like this season really brought us back to a ground of realism, and uh, in a way that we could understand where <clears throat> where we were in time. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening to the Lug Dog podcast. Um, I know this was a shorter, quick up, quick 
uh, roundup review of season three, but we got to get ready for season four. It's coming down the tube fast, and um, you know, that season two was chonky, like I said, but you know, the season three was <clears throat> done amazing, and so um, I, I hope y'all really enjoyed. Uh, Mr. Robot as well, if you had heeded our advice and walked with us or listened and watched with us um, this far. So thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. Check out all the links below, paypal.me slash Podcast for all donations. The Twitch channel, we have Facebook, we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter, we have the SoundCloud. We are on Apple iTunes. Rate five stars to keep us balanced and up in the iTunes ranks. Thank you for listening and take it easy for me. This is your moment. You cannot turn away now. If you pull the right strings, a puppet will dance any way you desire. The Dark Army needs to know what he's done. You understand the consequences. She's a terrorist. People are going to die! If we don't do anything, there'll be no coming back from this.